Hello people, this is Zone 1 Digest, the show that brings together bits of other shows on Zone 1 Radio, the Mayor of London funded community radio station for Central London. I'm Stuart Hardy, your host for the next 45 minutes or so, and to begin with, Salad Days, adapted into a full-on musical by a nice lady called Katie Moore, who was spoken to by another nice lady named Jenny Runnaker. Here's a clip of that. Earlier this week, Katie Moore, who's the star of the tete-a-tete production of Salad Days, which is on at the Riverside Studios, came up to visit us at Zone One Radio's studio. Hello, Katie Moore. Hello. Hello. So nice to have you here, Katie. You're on at the Riverside Studios in Salad Days, I believe. I am indeed. Oh, can you tell me a little bit about it? I've heard some fabulous... I haven't seen it yet. I'm about to go and see it tonight. But I've heard fabulous... Reviews and a girlfriend of mine saw it last week and she said it was absolutely delightful. She went home singing all the songs yeah. and walking on air. So tell me, you've been, you've been on tour with us? You've been on tour with us? Uh, no, no, no. No. It's, uh, no, no, it's it's only ever been at the Riverside. This particular production, oh, um, yes. Tete Tete, yes. uh, is actually usually an opera company, yes. but they've uh, they've sort of moved in a slightly different direction. Mm-hmm. And Bill Banks Jones, our director, decided that Salad Days was um, a great thing to do. Yeah, they first tried it out three years ago. Yes, and oh, that's what I'm thinking of. You. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. and mm-hmm. at the Riverside did a very short run of it, mm-hmm. and to brilliant reviews and great audience reaction so the riverside asked them back um two years ago mm-hmm. that's when i became that's when i came on board um it was actually my first job out of drama school oh. so it holds a really kind of like really special place in my heart mm-hmm. um and uh and again you know we did it to sell out audiences um brilliant reviews like every you know, people were coming again and again and again and again and um sort of like turning people away at the end and I think the Riverside just kind of caught on to a good thing and said um, you know let's let's do it again so this year we've done uh, quite a uh, a demanding uh, 10 week run yes. we started in December yes. and we've only got four weeks left so weeks left. yeah oh, so wow. really not long um, but long enough that you know people that haven't seen it yet can can come and enjoy it it's set in the 50s isn't it it is it it's is. set mm. in 1954 yeah and it was written you know it was written at the time it was set yeah um so it's it's absolutely um of the time mm. absolutely period in in every way in the um the the morals of of every character and the way that you know, you had the stiff upper lip of the older characters and the kind of um, the fresh new imagination of the younger characters who were wanting to step away from from the traditional, um, you know, the girl is... is Jane, obviously my character, yes. and it's people... Want, her family want her to just get settled and married to someone with money and prospects. And um, Timothy, who she actually really is in love with, the 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 romantic lead um all his family want him to do is settle down and get a job and uh, of course that's not really what either of them want to do they want to go out and have fun which is kind of what they do really that's fabulous now you're a dancer as well are you because a lot of dancing in it yeah i i am i'm i am I'm a trained actor, like yes. I went to the Bristol Vic Theatre School, which um, on an interesting side note is where this production began, it's oh. where Julian Slade actually wrote it yes. for students at the Bristol Vic Theatre School, um, but it, uh, 
it does have dancing and singing in it and I, I, so I delve into that as well. But I'm primarily uh, an actor. Who who does it on the side? So oh well yes. Well, singing and dancing is a huge asset for an, for an actor. I think absolutely it just extends your career if incredibly, you, doesn't it? Mm. If you can be a triple threat, as they say, yes. then I think that's um, you know the more strings to your bow, the better. And um, I'm really lucky that I have managed so far to have a couple of jobs that involve singing and dancing, and that's. It's been brilliant. That's yeah. also quite uplifting, I think, to sing and dance as well, isn't it? It is. And this show is, the word you would use for it is uplifting. Mm. Yes. It's, I mean, like you say, your friend left singing mm. the songs. It's mm. every audience member leaves with a little tear. And it's, you know, it's quite nostalgic yes. as well. So mm. I think they leave with a tear in their eye, but a smile on that's their face. Perfect. And singing the songs all the way home. It's lovely. Yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> yeah, that you, what, that's what you want to do in theatre. You want to make, go... Let people go home feeling good, don't you? And create a sort of happy, exactly. happy atmosphere. Exactly. There's nothing nicer than um, hearing, you know, a full auditorium just erupt with laughter mm. and, oh, it's just the nicest feeling in the world. Oh, well, I can't wait to see it and I'm going to give my opinion here afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure it'll be brilliant. So what else are you doing, Katie? Are you going on to do anything else after this? Um, at the moment, I uh, have nothing s- planned so far, as is the life of an actor. Yes, you know, it's, know. it's mm. completely hand-to-mouth. Mm. Like, um, you, we have four weeks left, so you hope that kind of in the last couple of weeks of one job, you're you're yes. running around auditioning, and then you start another job. Yes. Um, but um, but I I've I've had a busy time so far, so I'm mm. hoping that. Let's have a little break. You could go on holiday, and go away for a few days. I am. Uh, well, I'm going to go to Canada actually, where my uh, my other half is currently um, filming as an actor. So oh, I'm going mm. to be going and spending some time there. Oh, that's nice. When I'm when I'm not working yes. myself. This is Zone One Radio. London Arts can be heard every week on ZoneOneRadio.com. ZoneOneRadio.com. Hello people, this is Zone 1 Digest, the best of Central London's favourite and only community radio station, Zone 1 Radio. We would have done Zones 2 to 6, but they smelt funny, so we didn't. Next up, Technology with Zoe Cunningham, recently seen on Britain's Brightest on BBC. This week's edition of Tech Talk, she spoke to Dara Sibulska of the Wikimedia Foundation, the charity that funds Wikipedia, the online encyclopedia that anyone can edit. I didn't know much about the charity, so I had a look at their Wikipedia page and let me tell you, it's an inspiring story. I will never look at Vanilla Ice in the same way again. And I didn't know that some of Wikipedia's employees can actually shoot lasers from their eyes. And that bit about the talking chickens was astonishing. So, yeah, without further ado, here's the interview with Daria, which I've had a listen to, and unfortunately it neglects any mention of the time that Wikimedia's office was infested with talking frying pans in the ventilation system. I mean, I laughed myself silly when I read about that. Surely you'd mention it somewhere. Anyway, have a listen. This is You're listening to Tech Talk Best with me, Zoe Cunningham. Every week we talk to a key player in the UK technology scene and this week I caught up with Daria Sibulska. Welcome to my special guest, Daria Sibulska, who is from Wikimedia. Um, Daria, not many people know about Wikimedia. Maybe you can tell us a bit about that to start with. Well, people know about Wikipedia, which is the largest um, encyclopedia that exists, but not so much about Wikimedia UK, which is the charity that supports Wikipedia. Um, in itself, perhaps it's not that interesting, but what's interesting about Wikipedia is that anyone can edit, anyone can contribute to Wikipedia, and terrifyingly small amount of people know this. 
So are you trying to encourage more people then to take part in Wikipedia? How do you do that? By being on this show and spreading the word? I mean, yes, we want more editors. Because um, the encyclopedia reflects the sum of human knowledge, so um, if there is only a group of people represented there, then obviously the information is biased, so we just want to get as many people as possible. And, well, I personally do it by promoting events and doing workshops, but I guess I should push the message out more. Well, what would, explain the typical workshops to me. How's that work? How do you get people involved? If you Google Wikimedia UK, the easiest way to, to find out about our workshops is to go to the website and then go to the events um, section and you'll find our events there. And what we find is that people can start editing by themselves in their bedrooms and that's all very fine, but um, a lot of people, and especially women, find that it's easier for them to learn if it's in a group environment and you have people that you can ask questions and and that's what we do. We, we have workshops with um, volunteer trainers and we just hold their hands as they take first steps in Wikipedia. You mentioned there getting women involved. Do you have issues with diversity? Is it always the same people editing? Well, it's not the same people, but 91% of people are males. And if you think about a typical geek person, that's kind of the person that normally edits Wikipedia. And that's the problem because the female-related topics on Wikipedia are underrepresented. So it's just, there's this unfair bias on, on, on encyclopedia and we're really trying to push the message to get more women involved. And how many people do you have working centrally in Wikimedia and Wikipedia? <laughs> Is it a big organisation? Well, it depends what you're thinking about. In, in my organisation it's six people, not very many. But um, if you think about the Wikipedia community, that's, that's thousands of volunteers that contribute. So it's actually a, it's a huge community. How does that affect the culture of Wikipedia? One of our main um, aims of the culture um, is that it's collaborative. So everyone um, is equal, everyone, um, everyone's voice counts as the same and, and we're all trying to contribute to one project. So in that way it's, it's, it's complicated because you, you want to take everyone into account. But it's also very exciting because you, if you have an idea it can be picked up by anyone and it just gets mashed up and transformed and it's just very exciting. Okay, we'll be back with this chat later in the show and I'll be asking Daria about how Wikipedia deals with a difference of opinion across Wikipedia pages. Tech truck can be heard in the future at some point on zone1radio.com. Zone1radio.com. Hello! Sorry, I'll calm down now. Hello, I'm Stuart. I host the best of Zone 1 Radio, the community radio station for central London. The happy, smiley place of loveliness. So lovely. Next up is In Good Taste, the food show, where they discuss the greats of food, like vegetables, meats, fruits. It's a very varied show. And this week, Lucy Food Goblin Bowler took a trip to Goa for a few cookery lessons in authentic Indian cuisine. So I'm here in Goa in South India and I'm about to go into a cookery class with Chef Raul, an authentic Indian chef who learnt how to cook at the stoves of the best Indian restaurants in the area. Really excited. Let's go in and see what's cooking. 
Here I am in the kitchen together with my fellow classmates and Chef Raoul and we're about to learn how to make vegetable pakora. For the vegetables we are mixing a potato, eggplant, cauliflower, onions. So vegetable pakoras are spicy deep fried vegetables in a batter. They're almost like the Indian version of tempura. You can make them with aubergine, cauliflower, potato, onion, I mean anything really that you like. So I'm going to use total 3 to 400 grams of mixed vegetables. Cut it into the slice that onions and uh, potato. So quite thin slices. Yeah, not very thin also. Take a aubergine also, just cut it into the slice. How many chilies do you want? I don't know. How far are they? Miles? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight green chili if you like. With seeds or not seeds? No, it's nothing happened because we have to fry it single single on that. So if you don't like it, don't eat. Oh, you're just going to eat them whole? Yeah. Just guess it, the chili should not blast, you know, when you put it in oil. Ah. You have to make a little bit of coal. That's a good that tip. That goes in the oil, does it? Yeah. yeah. That's such a good tip, I've never heard of doing that. Like putting, yeah, piercing it so it doesn't explode. So these are vegetables, I have to make a one better of chickpeas flour. You're all eagerly ready to move on to the next stage, making the batter. Top one handful fresh coriander and one handful fresh meat. We've got 200 grams of chickpeas flour. 200 grams chickpea flour. Can we get that? Get that in like Indian supermarkets. Okay. So what's is it made just from dried chickpeas that have been ground? Yeah, it has processed to make you cannot make it just okay. <laughs> And is it why is it different to normal flour? Is it healthier? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, so two hundred grams of chickpeas flour, handful fresh meat, handful of fresh coriander add into the flour. Is that, please. Is that it? Yes, sir. Half teaspoon of salt. One teaspoon of chili powder. Half teaspoon, add a half teaspoon if you don't like my spice. One teaspoon garam masala on the flour. One cumin powder. One, one and a half coriander powder. Quarter teaspoon of baking powder. Okay. Yeah, baking powder. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it? The, yeah. What does that do? It makes it crispy. Also, likes you know. Makes it grow. Yeah. And do you want your batter to be smooth, or is it okay if it has a few lumps? Has to be a not very thick, not very thin. Okay. So, just the color of it. Mm. You can also put it in the mixer, huh? Yeah. Oh, so it doesn't matter if the herbs all get blended. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it looks much more flavoursome than a British batter. Ours is just plain flour. Yeah, that's the different, no? Yeah. But we love The batter is different to a normal English pancake batter in that it's filled with a long list of herbs and spices that give it a good punch. Uh, yeah, that's and would you do this with a sauce of any kind, or...? You can serve with a mint sauce, you can serve with yeah. And so you fry it first for how long? Two, like two minutes. Three minutes. And that just cooks it, okay? Then just 
reheated oil, temperature is getting low now. Then fry it for one and one and a half minutes to get crispy. Zone One Radio. In good taste can be heard every week on zoneoneradio.com. Zoneoneradio.com. Hello. You were listening to Zone One Digest, the best of Zone One Radio. Well, you still are and will be for the next 10 minutes if you're smart. If you're not, bye. If you are, you'll listen to a clip from a very special edition of London Life with tweed-jacketed Ian Hawkins and not-tweed-jacketed Ollie Hunter, where they try their hand at home brewing, and over the course of the show get quite drunk indeed. For the most incoherent show in Zone One Radio history, it's pretty entertaining. Thanks for listening, and make sure to keep up with all the happenings here on zone1radio.com. That's zone1radio.com. Zone1radio.com. I don't approve of drugs. I don't approve of, of people doing sports on drugs, like in the Tour de France, you know, Lance Armstrong. Good yeah. link. Yeah, thank you. Or people that do music on drugs. I'm looking at you, Sir Paul McCartney. Yeah. He's doing what? He's doing on what's yeah. Paul McCartney doing on now? It's an antigen. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't believe anyone would be so irresponsible and unprofessional, Ollie, to, to, to take mind-altering substances when one is in a place of work. And a recording studio is very much a place of work, actually. I hate to sound like a big old Bicardigan square. You are Bicardigan. I am a bit square as well. Uh, I'm like Mr. Strong, I'm a big red square. Anyway, so, <clears throat> moving swiftly on. Now, wine. Wine is not a drug. Wine is uh, one of the f- one of the major food groups. Is it? <laughs> it is Along me. with butter, butter. bread, <clears throat> kiwis, mm. and chips. <laughs> uh, I have eschewed peanut butter. I used to love peanut butter, and now I'm off. I'm off the peanut butter. Why? Just because I saw a thing in a paper that said, if you, this is what 200 calories looks like in different foods. And for carrots, it's a great big plate full of par- carrots. I need to say plate full of carrots. Big <laughs> plate full of carrots. Parrots, actually, surprisingly calorific. You only get like a bit of a wing, and that's 200 calories. And uh, a, a tiny blob of peanut butter, or peanuts butter, I think is chromatically correct. Peanuts <laughs> butter is, is like a tiny little bit on a plate. It's not, it's not the peanuts butter, though, is it? Is that the butter of peanuts? Oh. I don't know. Anyway, this is wine's <laughs> grape. We've got some... Uh, Grapes wine. We've got Grape. some very classy glasses to drink it in. I'm, I'm going to use my um, Habana Club uh, tumbler. Well, I, I prefer the, the plastic glass because I, I feel that Plastico... Ah, .co.uk if you wanted yep. to get one of their glasses. <laughs> Sponsorship <laughs> opportunity. <Yeah. laughs> Right, Anywhere so, we can. So here's... I'm going to open this because it, it may or may not fizz. It was fizzy earlier. We got that. That's on, that's on tape. There you are. Uh, let me just... There, look at that ruby deliciousness pouring out there. Let me just... Hang on. It looks like Ribena. It does look like Ribena, but I, I fancy it will have more of a kick. <laughs> so, just... Uh, can you explain to me how this is uh, this is brewed as well? Swirl it around in the glass. Uh, and you, what what grape is this? Uh, red grapes, uh, red grapes that have been put in a box. <laughs> <laughs> it was made from a kit, so I'm a little bit of a cheat. But it was made from a kit. It so, was, so was mine. <laughs> it was not the cheapest one. It was the second cheapest kit. And it, it, my 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 dear doctor at home made this and said to me can I put some peppercorns in it and I said no you may not 
And then the little boy said, but I already have. I said, well, why did you offer me the illusion of choice? Because I love you. So, yeah. So there's love in this wine. Honestly, that's what that sediment is. (laughs) Right. Right. So cheers. Cheers. Gentlemen. So you're supposed to sniff it first. Yeah. And then... And then what? Take a little bit in your mouth. Have we got anyone to spit this out? No, you just you drink it. Because that's nice. what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to spit it out. No, you wine is for drinking. I'm trying to get legs on this glass. You swirl it around, and as you can see, it's very, very young. So it's good. the colour goes all the way to the edge there. <laughs> oh, it's nice. <laughs> we take that with feeling. I like the initial burn in the back of the coat. <laughs> That's my favourite bit. It has um, it has wine qualities to it. Yeah, I mean it is it it is quite, it seems like wine. Yeah, it is peppery at the end as well. That's quite nice the pepperiness. Actually, I've got to say the doctor was right and I was wrong. Um, mm. well, delicious. Mm. A triumph. What do you think, Tobias? Yeah, interesting. Are you a big wine drinker, Tobias? No, not really, to be honest. The, this actually kind of reminds me of student of some wine I got back when I was a student, which tasted like meat. <laughs> it tasted like meat? It tasted meat? like meat. Meaty wine. Mm. That's what you should write on the, on the label. This doesn't taste like meat, by the way. This, oh, this, is, this is a step up. Um, what, is your, what is your tipple? My, my, my what? what? What is your drink? If I said you were to walk into a... Whiskey. Whiskey. Good man. Well, what's yours, Ollie? The sort of lager sort of person, aren't you? Yeah, I suppose. Mm. I was gonna. I was. That was another thing I was. I was planning on bringing. I was gonna bring some really cheap beer, <laughs> and then line them up and see if you could tell the difference between the cheapest and the. No, because no, I've done that. I bought. Uh, I was on holiday with, with friends, and we bought a bottle of wine for twenty euro, one for five euro, and one for one euro. Could you tell? Yes, you yes. could. <laughs> Don't be silly. One you could. One I wouldn't have washed the windows with. Um, so yeah, that was that was delicious. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, the doctor. Thank you to doc. Well, cheers to doctor, uh, which is uh, interesting because you might need one after a couple of bottles of uh, that. Is but that strong? It's, it is pretty strong. How strong are we talking? I don't know because I'm trying to get legs on it to, to, so I can work it out, but. How do you uh, get legs? What, what's that? You swirl it round, and, and it's, you can't turn it in this glass, but you swirl it round, and what happens is it, it drains down, and it makes little columns, and the more columns you get, they're called, they're called legs. The more columns you get, the stronger the wine is. So this is probably... I've got about <coughs> an octopus. <coughs> You've got an octopus. Well, it's probably... Let's have a look. Right, well, judging from that, it's probably about 11%. So it's not it's not particularly strong for a wine, but it's. Yeah. I'm amazed you can tell from just by looking at it. Hmm. Well, when when one is a connoisseur and when one has tasted enough fancy pants wines like what I have, these things become second nature. Also, alcoholics can tell that. 